Welcome to the Roundtable at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with substance. Join our staff and leaders of our church as we journey through topics that inform, engage, and inspire the daily life of our church. Welcome back to the Roundtable with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We are continuing our discussion this week about Advent and Christmas, and we are glad that you are joining with us. I'm Kathleen McMurray, pastor of Connecting Ministries here at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. I'm Abby Maynard. I'm the pastor of Community Ministries here at Pulaski Heights. I'm Jay Clark. I'm the executive pastor here. And I'm John Robbins, one of the pastors. So our first question for today, last week we were discussing Advent and its theological meaning and why it's important and what makes that different for us in the life of the church having Advent uh, versus jumping right into Christmas. But our first question today is, theologically speaking, what makes Christmas special? <laughs> Any well, thanks for tuning in to <laughs> Roundtable. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. There, I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's too obvious. A good answer. It's the uh, the coming of the incarnation of of Christ that we see um, our God in human form in a way that is um, magnificent and incredible and humble all at once. Um, yeah, I mean, I think clearly, if you want to see God, we believe you see God in and through Jesus Christ. That's that's everything to us. I mean, we, we know a God in and through Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be New Testament people. Right. Uh, we believe in a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the fundamental way in which we know God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is God in flesh. So theologically speaking, the incarnation is everything to right. us. I, I would also add tradition is a huge part. Mm -hmm. uh, the thread that connects oh, the, the birth of Christ and how that story mm. has has survived and lives through us. I mean, you know, 2,000 plus years. Right. I mean, I, to me, that that's a remarkable uh, piece of, of what makes Christmas special. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it's the fact that Jesus came to earth not as a fully grown human. I mean, that... That could happen. Like God could have chosen to do that, right? Um, but that Jesus came as a, as an infant, um, who who then lived as a child and growing up and um, all of those things. I think I think that's that is part of our story. Uh, and with no pomp and circumstance right. and the simplest of conditions, right. um, it's extraordinary to think that that's the way God would come choose right. to come to be among us. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, you don't. We don't have stories of like the Greek gods, you know. And Zeus had his, you know, first bathroom right. experience, and you know, and and his parent, you know. I mean, when we think about gods, right. You know, you know, and and the stories of Greek mythology. Yes. I mean, we don't we don't have at least it's not a popular, you know, story. Right. Right. That there is this unique, unique way that God comes right. to be with us through Jesus Christ. Um, so when we talk about Christmas, um, obviously we're talking about the origins of, uh, of Jesus uh, and the beginning of Christianity. And you mentioned, Jay, that the traditions and this, this thread of the story of that birth of Christ um, makes 
just the Christmas story come alive, and it's beautiful. Um, and while Luke and Matthew in our scriptures have kind of the the stories that you see in the nativity scenes um, as the birth of Jesus, um, which of the gospels has do you resonate the most with uh, the origin story uh, of of Jesus that of the beginning of the gospels? I mean, to me, it's Luke. To me, it, that, Luke's my favorite gospel anyway. And I love the story in there because it's the, literally the only story about the birth right. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew's account is Jesus could have been as much as two years of age when the mm-hmm. Magi visit. And Mark makes no reference to the birth of Jesus. And But I also appreciate John because in the beginning uh, was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it's the whole notion that he has always been, he has always existed. And he chose to come among us in the form of a tiny, helpless, dependent, newborn baby. And sometimes that's hard to wrap my head around the way in which God chose to be among us. But if you look at Jesus as an adult, the humility, uh, being such a servant to humanity, you can begin to see why it is God would choose to come to us in the simplest of ways. Uh, and so I, Luke to me is my favorite by far, but uh, I appreciate the other accounts as well. I'll say I, I agree, Luke, for the just the, the, the humanity mm-hmm. piece and uh, the relational piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always drawn to that more. Uh, um, and I, I like John, but I think I like John because of the language. It's just so poetic and it's so pretty, you know. And but as far as the story and the nitty gritty, I, I go with Luke. I am right the same. That John is beautiful and uh, magnificent and and mysterious. But you know, I grew up as a kid on Christmas Eve. We would read the Luke story. Um, mm-hmm with my family and that is the one that feels tangible and um and makes Jesus seem so immediately close um mm-hmm. and and the way of really getting to feel like you're part of that story of really getting to know such an intimate part right. of um the beginning of Christ's life yeah um so i uh like you said Abby the growing up and that that Luke story and um, when I was nine, I was the narrator in our church's Christmas pageant, and um, I, <laughs> it was a big deal, it, and it, also, it, it caused a big controversy at our church because my mother was the children's choir director. Um, but uh, reading the scripture and learning how to pronounce Quirinius and um, all of those things, you know, I now have that story memorized in the NRSV uh, translation uh, because I learned it when I was nine. Um, And so that's always resonated a lot with me. Um, Over the past few years, though, John has started to really um, have a special place in my heart and tug on those heartstrings uh, in part because that's what we've been reading for our service of hope and healing that Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. at the beginning of Advent and recognizing that like resilience of light that shines in the darkness, um, knowing that Christmas is such a difficult time for people. Um, Also one year I officiated a 
I did a funeral for an infant uh, the day after Christmas. Um, and for that family, you know, and for so many families, Christmas is so hard. And um, the resilience of, of light that shines in the darkest moments and what the incarnation means um, in that really powerful way that Jesus um, comes into our darkest moments um, and is there in the, because of the incarnation is a, is is something that has really been resonating with me uh, in ministry. So what does it say um, or mean to you that we have that we have these different accounts in the gospel? I mean, you mentioned, John, like that the Magi, even though they're normally right. like in the, <laughs> we have the, right. the, the nativity scene, the, right. they're, they're always there a, with the shepherds. And, and the little drummer boy, mm, who's nowhere little, in scripture, right, by the way. Right, right, yeah. uh, that we have all these, <laughs> these images and these traditional Christmas stories, um, but, but they have these different kind of origin stories. Um, what does that say or mean to you that, that we have these different different versions, different accounts of the incarnation in scripture? Well, uh, to me, what's great about it is it says no matter who I am, mm. that I'm included. Because remember, Matthew's audience is, generally speaking, a Jewish audience. And so whether Matthew knew about the manger scene or not, I don't know, but he wouldn't have emphasized it anyway, because his Messiah would have had the most influential and wealthiest come and bow down before him and present gifts. That's what he would have stressed and emphasized anyway. Uh, Luke, on the other hand, his audience uh, and his focus is on the marginalized, and he's going to emphasize, of course, whether he knew about the Magi or not, he's going to emphasize the manger scene and the shepherds being invited to celebrate the birth of the Christ child into the world, the lowliest of people, the shepherds. So what those two gospel accounts tell me is no matter how wealthy I am or influential I am, I can relate to this, to this Messiah and I still can bow down before him. And no matter how low uh, and inferior I might feel, I am invited by my God to be a part of the celebration of the birth of the Christ child into the world. So to me, those two gospel stories give us a clear indication of an all-encompassing Messiah. And so when people ask me sometimes over the years in ministry, people have said, which of the stories is true? To me, they're both true right. because they're both about the inclusion of everybody, that this God, nobody's too big for this God and nobody's too small for this God. And that's what I appreciate about both stories. I think they're both true. Uh, and I think they speak to all of us about the kind of God we know in and through Jesus Christ. So. About 15 years ago, I did a children's sermon, uh, and we have a beautiful main a nativity yes. scene in the in the in the sanctuary during Advent. And in my infinite wisdom, I decided to take the children over to the nativity scene, <laughs> and say, "This is probably not the way it happened." <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I said, "You know," I said, and I, you know, I was getting all theological, saying, "You know, it's in Matthew. The, 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 the wise people were not even there yet. Jesus was probably your age, or you know, a toddler." And one of the great saints of the church, Martha, Martha Ann Fox. Uh, came up to me afterwards and said, 
Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the, the version they know. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's what it reminded me of. Well, and I think what we've done in most manger scenes is we've taken the two stories and we've right. melded them right. together. So you do have the wise man. And the uh, little drummer and, boy. And the little drummer boy, <laughs> which is not even in Scripture, yes. all there together. Yes. Um, but clearly there are two distinct stories. <laughs> I also think that it's another way that our gospels show us that different things can speak to us at different times. Mm-hmm, um, sure. That sometimes we need the story of the Magi and sometimes we need the manger scene. Um, and that one of the gifts of having four gospels and different um, non-identical stories is that when we need something to speak to us, there is something there. Right. Um, and it just may not be what we read the last time or what spoke to us before. Right. Absolutely. Is there something, what's the strangest thing that you've ever seen in a nativity scene? I mean, does the same thing come to mind? And I, if, if we have okay. a viewer, if we have a viewer that is watching this and has something, just uh, email it to me. <laughs> uh, because I would love, uh, that would be a great, the, I don't know what it would be a great something, but. Uh, well, in uh, in Love Actually, in the movie where they, mm-hmm. they've got. Spider-Man and the lobster and the octopus and the whale. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say they were not there. <laughs> they were not there. I mean, not original. Yes, um, yes. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I've seen elephants in in nativity yeah, scenes. Right, sure. You know, and uh, but we know that, I mean, right. you know, the Magi probably didn't right. ride an elephant into yeah. Bethlehem right. and say, right. hey, or wherever. So, um, yeah. Um, that was a bad segue. <laughs> it's okay. So our last question was a question that was submitted uh, by a congregant. Um, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Huh. Oh, the Jimmy Stewart one. Uh, oh, it's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful life. life. Uh, to me, it, it's just to me that's one of the traditions mm. because I remember, you know, that movie is old enough that it's it's been around so many decades now that I remember as a little boy it came on at Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. I even remember there was a controversy a few years because they colorized it mm-hmm. and how people had difficulty with the colored uh, version of the movie and how now if you watch it, we all have color television and we all have high def but if you watch it it's still in black and white mm-hmm. there's just something special about that i think that's to me isn't it a wonderful movie so mm-hmm. hmm anybody else i got you know i always liked home alone so <laughs> yeah. it's a fun one is that why you do this all the time that's it that's right. <laughs> every time i put shaving lotion on that's right. note for the audio <laughs> Jay, uh, right. Jay was making the home alone um, face I love It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. and I, I do try to watch it every Christmas. But I also like National Lampoon's Christmas. <laughs> I mean, you know. I've never seen it's that. A, have you oh, not? Which have you changed? There's a great theological never. message in that, in that film. Um, but I also like Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yeah. I've uh, also never seen that. <laughs> but, and, Do we need a... And, I mean, there are so many. And, and In fact, I, I think I own five versions of A Christmas Carol. Really? And my favorite is the Alistair Sims one from night, maybe early 50s. I'd have to look it up. But, I mean, it, you know, it, when you compare... And then you've got the Albert Finney one, the musical. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Miracle on 34th uh, Street. Miracle on 34th, 34th Street. Street. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you noticed a lot of those movies that we really see as classics have transcended generations? They're old movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, but yeah. But a movie made in the 40s or even in the 50s, we still, uh, Christmas is such a traditional mm. kind of thing. It's still important to us. And what they were struggling with 60, 70 years ago and what they were celebrating, those are the kind of things that we're still dealing with today. What about you, Abby? I am very partial to the claymation uh, Rudolph. <gasps> That was what we always watched when I was. Oh, a the kid. old one. Yes. Yes. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh. From the early '60s. But what about the one? Oh, we're running over time here. But uh, what about the one claymation? Uh, the year without a Santa Claus. <gasps> oh, Mickey Rooney plays yes. Santa Claus. A Shirley yes. Booth played Mrs. Claus. The yes. fight between Heat, Heat Miser and Snow Miser. I oh, I love that <laughs> one. I have seen that. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. We had a, a VHS set of mm -hmm. all of those claymation mm -hmm. movies when I was growing Rankin up. Rankin-Bass. Um, and there's a little drummer right. boy claymation And there is too. a little drummer boy claymation as well. Um, for me, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. That is... Um, Michael Caine plays Michael Scrooge. Michael Caine uh -huh. plays Scrooge. Um, it is the Muppets. It is beautiful. And then I also love The Holiday um, it's a romantic comedy um, with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet and Jude Law and Jack Black. Um, fun romantic comedy. And then um, my family, our tradition, we watch A Wonderful Life, and we also watch uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. There is oh, yeah, the old the Judy Christmas, Garland. The Judy, Judy, yeah. Gar yeah. Judy Garland singing yeah. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas in the red dress. Um, I wanted a red a, velvet uh, dress when I was I'm a kid. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, uh, Bing Crosby. White Christmas, white Christmas yes. Yeah. Yes, so many good Lots ones. Lots of them. Yeah. Lots of good ones. Um, and it's funny how movies, um, they hold just special places uh, in our hearts with all of those traditions and um Lots of beautiful things we can certainly learn for that. At least none of us said a nightmare before Christmas. Well, that's why yeah, the Halloween movie. Oh. Yeah. oh, it's a Halloween movie, a nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. I don't know that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not a nightmare before Halloween. I don't get it. Anyway, I don't know that one. Well, on that yeah. note, um, <laughs> next week we are going to be talking more about Christmas tradition, and uh, we appreciate you joining us today. We hope that you will join us back next week for the Roundtable with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with, with substance. substance. <laughs> yes. See you then. <laughs>